Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so excited that you're here. Each week, I invite a girlfriend to join me on the show, and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Today's guest is Bailey Hurd. Bailey is on a mission to help women who have experienced loss create the next chapter of their lives, one that is full of hope, inspiration, authenticity, and passion. Let me just say that you need to have a Kleenex ready for this episode. Bailey and her story are so inspirational. Our conversation is packed with so many great nuggets of wisdom, both for those who have endured tragedy and those who haven't. I am so excited for you to listen as she shares about the loss of her husband and also what life looks like now that she's a single mom and a widow all before the age of 30. I always love when I see new iTunes reviews, and guys, thanks for doing that. As I've said before, when you leave a review, it helps more people find the happy hour. I want to say thanks to Kristen Sylvester, who recently left a review over on iTunes. She says these nice words. She said, this podcast has been a godsend. I'm a new stay-at-home mom after having worked for 10 years. It's been a huge adjustment. This podcast reminds me I'm not alone. Jamie and her friends share of themselves, which in turn helps me learn about myself. Plus, my eyes have been opened to the broad network of incredible women doing God's work all around the U.S. and the world. I'm inspired. I laugh. I re-listen to episodes. It's such a wonderful addition to my days. I highly recommend. Kristen, thank you so much. I want to remind you guys that the Happy Hour survey is still active, and I am dying to hear from you guys. I've gotten so many great insights into who all of you are and where all of you are listening to me from, and I cannot say thank you enough. I really do want your honest opinions about the show. If you haven't completed the survey yet, I'd love to hear from you. Just go to jamieivy.com survey. Fill out the questions, which will take you less than three minutes. And then also you'll be entered in a chance to win a $25 Amazon gift card just for answering the questions. Today's sponsor for the happy hour is Royer's Pie Haven in Round Top, Texas. When guests would come to just eat pie at Royer's Round Top Cafe, they would have to offer it to go or to enjoy on the front porch. There came the opportunity for the Royer's Pie Haven. A place for overflow, a place for guests to grab an amazing cup of coffee along with a slice of pie or even a whole one in a relaxing, inviting, and inspiring atmosphere, a sanctuary. The Pie Haven offers sweet and savory treats and even savory pies, perfect for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They have two locations, one in Round Top and one in Austin. Visit them online at RoyersPieHaven.com. When you mention that you heard the ad on the happy hour and you buy a slice of pie, they'll give you one for free. Guys, thanks so much for listening. Here is my conversation with Bailey. Hi, how are you? Good. Good. I'm so happy to be with you. I know. I'm so happy to be with you. Thank you for having me on the show. Um, So I want to tell you how I found out about you. Yes. So a listener, her name's Amanda Reed. She sent me this email maybe in the spring or something it said, just wanted to pass along a link to someone's blog who I think could make a great guest on the happy hour. I don't know Bailey personally, but she's a Baylor grad and I hear, and I heard her story through my sister-in-law who's in the same sorority as Bailey. Her name's Amanda Reed. I don't know if you know her. She says she doesn't know you. You know who she is? I do know who she is. Yes. So you were in sorority with her sister? Yes. What sorority were you in? Chi Omega. Chi Omega. So fun. I went to... Lots of different colleges, but one time when I was at University of Houston, I was in a sorority for a year and okay. it, um, it's just random because I don't even, it doesn't even seem like me, right? but I was, right. but I don't but have like, I don't have like that bond that other people have. I miss out on yeah, that. For sure. For sure. But anyhow, we yeah. also, I saw someone the other day put a tweet about the show and they were telling their friend about the happy hour and they said she has a lot of Baylor grads on. So I need to go back and figure out who all the Baylor grads are. Yeah, for sure. Sick on bears. Sick on bears. Yes, definitely. There you go. Well, thanks for coming on. Tell me this. You are a mom. Yes. Ellie is your little girl. That's right. She's five. Is that what she told me? She's four. Four. Yeah. So you have one more year till kindergarten or two? What's that look like for you? One more year till kindergarten. Does that stress you out or do you, are you like savoring the year or what does that make you feel? 
Yeah. I mean, old a little bit. <laughs> you know? Hey, like, like, I just sent my first kid to sixth grade. So what? it's crazy. That cannot be possible. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, by the way, I watched your documentary last night. Um, yeah. Uh, beautiful tears. It was amazing. The so, when we brought our kids home from Haiti. Yeah. Oh, it's, thanks. It's, you're it's, welcome. A, it's a good, they did a great job with that video. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah I still cry when I watch it and I oh, like sure. live it. Yeah. How could you not? Right. 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 Okay. So you feel old. Yes. I feel old. And I feel like, you know, it's one thing to be like, I'm a mom of like, and I have a baby, but it's like, no, I have like a, a little person. A like, person. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Like a big person almost. So that's crazy. And a she's big- going to be taller than me for sure. Like I'm five, two and my husband was five eleven. So, um, so she's going to be tall. She's 95, like 95, 99 percentile height. And yes. Weight. So yes. it's awesome. You just never know. Right. I have a tall one and then all my others are going to be just like average. So cute. But it's crazy. Uh, <laughs> okay. So you have a four-year-old and you just mentioned that your husband, um, was, you said that. And so your husband passed away two years ago. He did. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So I want to hear, first of all, I was telling my husband, Aaron, this morning that I was chatting with you and I was like, huh. I don't know if this is a big deal, but you said your husband was the first seminary student to also play football for Baylor. Yes. Mm-hmm. That seems That's like cool. a big deal to me. Yeah, it is a big deal. So, it's pretty special. So Baylor, if you don't know, is in Texas, in Waco, and it's a private Christian university, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And so, but they, in the past couple of years, their sports have just risen and they're doing fabulous. Yeah. I mean, My brother just heard... graduated and I got to relive vicariously through him the last four Go years. Go to all the games and stuff. Yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah. And they have, you all have a new stadium. I mean, Baylor is stepping up. On the up and up for sure. Yeah. It's great. That is awesome. Okay, so your husband played football, and you were a cheerleader. Yes. That's like all-American couple. Look at y'all. <laughs> for, sure. for sure. Yeah, we were set up on a blind date, and then the rest is history. He was kind of like the chaplain for the football team, um, and I was chaplain for my sorority um, at the time. And so, anyway, yeah, we just got set up, and obviously it worked out. So, And what position did he play? I'm a football he fan. so wide receiver. Oh, he was okay. quarterback in high school, and then – uh, he played a little bit at Texas Tech, and then he went on to play at Baylor. Okay. Eligibility. So fun. I am, like, dying. We're recording this. It's, like, the end of August, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm so ready for football season. Oh, yeah. Me too. Do yeah. you Are you, like, Baylor Bear all the way through, or, I mean, that's your team? Right. I am. You know, I miss, like, we'll probably talk about it more, but, you know, I miss Andrew and watching it with him. Like, you know, it made me, this year, it just seems like it really hit me. It was like, oh, man, I really miss, you know, things like that, like watching football with him. And, um, but yes, I'm a Baylor Bear through and through. Okay, so let's talk about this. Your husband passed away two years ago this July. Is that correct? So That's just correct. you just had your two-year anniversary. Tell mm-hmm. me a little bit, just fill us in. I don't know your story. Our listeners may not know. Tell me about that journey from marrying your college sweetheart to widow at, are you even 30 yet? I just turned 30. Just turned 30. Yeah. So 20, you were 28 when your husband passed away. Mm-hmm. Tell me tell me that journey right there. What that looked like for you? Yeah. So Andrew had cancer when he was 18. He had Hodgkin's lymphoma. They found it. Um, it was a cantaloupe size in his chest. And so he had battled cancer before. But by the time we had met and we got married right after uh, we graduated, he graduated seminary. I grad- graduated undergrad at Baylor. And, you know, so I knew going into it that there were a couple of things that I had to consider that some people don't. And one of those was that, you know, he warned me the cancer could come back, but you know, I wasn't thinking. Well, nobody thinks, nobody thinks that even though, I mean, you know, right, right. And I'd never had, you know, anything like that happen. I'd never lost anyone at this point in my life, you know, that I love dearly. So, and I've always just been a glasses half full kind of person. So I just didn't, you know, think that would happen. And then the other thing was that the possibility of not having kids since he had had chemo and radiation. Okay. And that's a big one, you know, when getting married, you think you dream about your family. And that was a reality that I, you know, had to face. And I, feel like, I feel like that might even be a harder reality versus, and you can tell me because you walked yeah. down this road, but if someone's like, hey, I had cancer when I was 18, it might come back. Or, hey, I may not be able to have kids. It feels yeah. like that would be a harder pill to swallow. It's true. Okay. Yeah, it is. And I think that glass half full, I just, you know, maybe a little being naive. Mm-hmm. I was just like, okay, well, I really love this person. I feel like this is God's will. So, you know, we're just going to trust God with this. 
So um, we get married, and then we both become teachers at, um, I went to a private Christian school, Liberty Christian, in Argyle, Texas, and then Andrew became the Christian Humanities teacher, and then I became the Bible teacher for the high school girls. And then he coached the football team, and it was fun. He was like, we laugh, but it was his first and last year, but they won a state championship. Okay, that's <laughs> so he, amazing. Yeah, it was pretty great. So, um, and I coached the cheerleaders. And so that was just a sweet time for us, mm-hmm. you know, to have like a community. Um, and then he went on to be a pastor. And so he was a student pastor at um, Park City's Baptist Church in Highland Park, Texas. And then I went on to do real estate. And then uh, three years into our marriage, we had sweet little Ellie. Uh, and that was kind of not really planned. I was sort of on the five-year plan, uh-huh. you know, like wanting to try after five years because I felt like we were so young getting married yeah, you know, right out of college. And then, yeah, so three years in, and I'm so grateful for that because at five years he was diagnosed and we mm. never would have probably tried right. you know, a child at that point. So sweet Ellie came along who looks just like her dad, which I appreciate even more. I'm now. sure, yes. see him every day through her. Um, so yeah. And then about year five, Andrew got pneumonia and started coughing up blood. And, um, now when that happened, was, yeah. was your immediate thought, this is it's back or were you just like, Oh, he's sick. I just thought he was sick. You know, I knew his immune system was low because of the cancer. Like really since, since I'd married him, his immune system was really low. He got sick a lot. Okay. You know? And so I was kind of used to that a little bit, but I mean, the coughing up blood, obviously that really scared me. And my dad really concerned about it, knowing his history. So looking back now, I see that obviously it was a way bigger deal than I thought. But every time we'd go back after he had the pneumonia, uh, we'd go back to do scans and check. The doctors just kept saying, oh, the, the pneumonia just hasn't gone away yet. So for months and months, it was like, focused on the pneumonia and he so wasn't seeing spots in his lungs is what I'm assuming that look like yeah. pneumonia. Right. Was right. it really cancer? Yeah. It ended up being okay. Cancer. Yeah. So by the time we found it, it was stage four. So it had moved to two places in his mm. body. And, um, it was interesting because it came back as lung cancer, uh, which we think possibly could have been from, they blasted his chest with radiation. Cause that's where his first cancer was. Right. So we're, we're wondering, because I don't think they do that procedure anymore from what I know. And, you know, so anyway, but it came back. It was hidden in his bronchial tube for a while. So we couldn't, we really you wouldn't have seen it. That. No, we yeah. wouldn't have seen it really. So, and by the time it had, you know, moved to several places, we couldn't just take out a lung or anything like that. So, so take me back real quick before you keep yeah, going. Take sure. me back to that day. Mm. Like you and Andrew go in and you sit down with the doctor I'm, I'm assuming. Tell me what that was like. His dad is a doctor. And so his okay. dad did actually, I think one of the scans, when we were finding out the results, he was at his dad's office. Oh. So I'm at his, we were living with his parents in South Texas at the time. And all of a sudden, you know, I get this call from his dad and he's like, Bailey, it is not good. He's like, the cancer came back. That's what he said and, right yeah, there. Yeah, that's what he said. And he was very matter of fact. You know, Andrew grew up in a very logical, very like. And he's a doctor. I mean, he's, he's going to tell you what it is. It yeah. Is. yeah. And so, but it was a shock. I mean, I immediately called my mom, had Ellie like on my, you know, holding her on my hip and then just bawling my eyes out, talking to my mom, being like, mm-hmm. I can't believe this is happening to right. me. Like, I cannot believe that this is really happening to our family. So I was really in shock. And then when Andrew walked in, it was amazing because he was so calm. And he was So he had already been there with his dad, got the news. So y'all got the news separately. Yes, we got the news separately. And then you Mm -hmm. meet back up at the house and he was a rock, you said? He was a rock. You know, it was, I think, you know, a lot of that has to do with our faith Mm -hmm. and just knowing um, where he was going. And I think also for him knowing, I think he felt that need to be strong for us because he knew we were just you know, we didn't know how to handle this. And he had gone through cancer before. So yeah. I think in a way he had felt somewhat prepared. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously he'd hoped for the best, but mm-hmm. I don't know that, that amazed me and helped calm me down that he had such a peace about the whole situation. I'm sure when y'all were given that news, were you given pretty like negative news? Like this is terminal this, or were you given news of like, here's what it is. But it's going to be okay, and we're going to fight it, and he's going to – where did that – how did that come to you? Right. I think by the time – at that point, it just started scan after scan after scan. You know, we knew it was there. We knew it was cancer, 
but then it wasn't, we weren't sure what stage, any of that. So by the time we had gotten the body scan, that's when we knew it was bad. And that's when we went to MD Anderson. Once we found out it had spread after we got the PET scan, we were like, okay, this is serious. And then, um, but I didn't really know. I didn't look at the statistics. I didn't get online and look up what's the rate of, you know, what percent die. And Which, what kept you from doing that? Because that's what <laughs> crazy women do is we get right. online and read every worst case scenario and then we're convinced of the worst. How, how did you not do right. that? You know, I think for me, part of like, for some reason during this time, it was like I was coming into my own. You know, it was like I was able to freely be me, be that encourager, be that cheerleader, be that. It was like my mission became to keep him positive because I knew for him, the way his mind thought we were opposites kind of that way. And I knew the trail he might be prone to take, Mm -hmm. you know, with that. And I just was like, that's not an option. You know, like my whole um, goal every day was to keep him believing that this was possible, that he could survive this. So I knew that the the traps for me, if I were to go down that hole, like if I went down, he was going to go down. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mentally, that rabbit trail. Mm-hmm. And I just wasn't willing to to do that. So I just kept myself in a really positive place and really clung to my faith. And um, yeah. And I mean, just, how like, gracious of God. I would hope that if I was in that situation that I would not you know, fall apart and lose it. And, and I do believe that God would sustain me because that's what he says he would do. And so when I hear your story, I'm like, this is exactly what God says he will do. Right. And then we get to hear you say that he actually did it. He did. And you don't ever know that you're going to react that way until you're in the moment because you don't need that grace. Like I don't need that grace today because I'm not walking through what you walked through. And when you started walking through it, God gave you more grace than you ever thought you could need. He did. And I get that a lot when I speak. Um, People will come up and say, well, you're just a lot stronger than I am. And, you know, and I know it's meant to be a compliment, but uh, to me, it's really a testimony to, to that God gives us the strength that we need, you know, and sometimes it's worse in our minds than it is going through it. Like, I mean, it was terrible. I would never choose to go through that again, but it's amazing how you're given the strength that you need Mm -hmm. exactly when you need it to get through that very moment. Yeah. I think about that. People say that to me with our adoption. I mean, it took us two and a half years to get our kids home and they're like, I could never do that. How'd you do it? You must be so strong. And I'm like, no, I'm actually not <laughs> like, right. you know, but for some reason, <laughs> God gave us the grace we needed during that time. Yes. Yeah. Um, so you find out scan after scan after scan and it's looking, um, that's when you realize it's bad. And then you start going to MD Anderson. What was that? Where did you live at the time? We lived in South Texas. We had moved from Dallas to okay. South Texas. Okay. Um, to be closer with his family and to be closer to MD Anderson. And so, okay. So y'all moved there when you found out that he had cancer. Yeah. You okay. know, it was a little bit before that Andrew had kind of switched vocations. We kind of got to a place where he just wasn't healthy and we just thought, let's just pick up and let's just start anew. Yeah. So he actually got a job with, um, it's, it's called Regency and his, it was a connection his dad had. And so he started working there as a recruiter for this company And, um, you know, we were kind of on this mission to just let's start fresh. Let's start a new life. And then immediately Mm. that the next chapter, you know. Yeah. And so then commuting back and forth to MD Anderson or did you end up moving to Houston? No, we commuted. Okay. So it was a drive. You know, it was a lot of, I mean, it was two hours one way. Mm -hmm. So, um, so we did that. Yeah. Quite a bit, several times, usually a week we would be there. Sometimes we'd stay overnight, um, if he had several scans. So. so tell me this, Bailey, if I'm listening and the, 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 the reality that all of us will walk through something like this is, mm-hmm. it's just, it's our reality. You know, right. it may not be death of a husband, but it's going to be something that can just kind of shake us. Right. Um, and the reality that we're going to walk through friends walking through stuff like this is really high as well. You know, I, I think sometimes I'm like the odds of me getting to the end of my life and not having to love a friend through the death of a spouse, right. Probably not going to happen unless I go, you know, sooner than them. What were things that people did to you, not after your husband passed away, but in the mm-hmm. midst of that journey, like the 10 months of MD Anderson and tests and bad news and all this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. what were some of the things that your friends did for you that you look back and you're like, that was amazing? Oh my gosh. The outpouring of love, both Andrew and I had started blogs. Like we both had our own separate blog and shared our journey 
you know, what it was like for each of us and the support for me, it started as an outlet. I was like, Mm -hmm. I just got to express myself. Like I'm going through something. I really need to just, just share this and just for healing for me. And so, and same with Andrew and through that, we just rallied a bunch of support, you know, that came around us that really people were just amazing. I saw, I feel like I saw the best of humanity you know, through that. And so, um, man, in so many ways, I know like this small town of Quero, Texas, I think it's 8,000 people or so they raised a hundred thousand dollars. They did a a benefit together, raised a hundred thousand dollars for our family for medical bills. I mean that in and of itself. And then to just like one time they brought church to us after Andrew had passed away, they, Mm. like they brought church to our house and the whole congregation came and just like, okay, they just gave me chills. It was beautiful. I mean, it's beautiful. And so, um, I mean, it's, it's honestly countless ways people would come over and clean our house or, um, mow our yard or, uh, I mean, tons of bringing us food constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, there was nothing that people just wouldn't do. You it's know? like you get to They're see the church be the church for what it's supposed to be. Yes. Yeah. It was beautiful. And so y'all were with his parents through this whole time. Yes, we were. Was that, do you look back and feel like that's such a blessing that Oh, and such a that, blessing that his parents got to spend that time with him and oh that he my got gosh. to spend that time with them. Oh my gosh, Jamie, it was incredible. And you know, one of my favorite moments, it's, it's kind of sad, but like watching, we were there with Andrew when he passed away. Like my, my parents got to be there, his parents, and it was in his house, his childhood house that he grew up in. And, um, I mean, one of the most beautiful moments was watching his mom, like, oh, but she, um, you know, she, she coached him. Like I I can imagine her bringing him into the world, you know, Mm -hmm. as a mom, Mm -hmm. a mom does. And then it was like, she, she sang hymns over him when we knew he he was about to pass. She just started singing these beautiful hymns over him. And, you know, it was like, she had this strength that was, had to be divine, had to be from God that just helped her carry the strength. And she comforted him and let, let him know that we were all going to be okay, Mm -hmm. that we were all going to be taken care of and not to worry that he could go. And then, um, you know, I watched her just sing him to, to, to peace. And then when he went to be with the Lord, I just watched her sweet little body just collapse over her son. And it was like, I mean, that's safe with you. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a moment. Like, I will never forget the strength of a mother um, from that experience. And so, yes, I look back and think of those moments about, man, we got to be with them. Mm-hmm. They got to be with their son, you know. Yeah. Um, one of the biggest gifts from all of this to me was the present moment was like, I find that sometimes, you know, in my early twenties, it was all about my future. Where am I going to go? And I'm always thinking forward and that that's good. But like, I realized that the moment was all that I was guaranteed, you know, the present mm-hmm. moment. And so, yeah, I just read, I think you just wrote about that recently on your blog and I'm like <laughs> I'm trying to hold it together over here. Um, but back to his mom, oh my gosh, like as a mom and you're a mom, you hear this and you're like the thought of, I mean, watching your, your child that you've loved forever. I can't even imagine. Thank you for sharing that story with us. Welcome. You're trying to get myself together. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) We can carry on. Uh, If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike, and it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a -a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. 
Well, it's spring and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Okay, I just saw... Jeez Louise, I'm really crying, Bailey. <laughs> um, I saw recently that you wrote about that, the present moment recently, and it really resonated with me because I enjoyed your perspective on it because you just mentioned it just now, but when you were walking through those months with Andrew, you were forced to live in the present moment. And so how is that different? How do you look back on that and realize, I want that again, but it was in such a hard time. Right, right. Like How do, know, how do you make that resonate into life now when you're not in the same struggle? Jamie, that's like a constant thing for me. I'm always looking to anchor myself. And that's what I kind of do. I've created memories that have anchored me in the present moment. And they're, when I say that, I mean like anchor me in the sense that I feel them. When I go back to that moment or those thoughts in my head, like they become this anchor because I feel them at my core. And so it's that feeling that drives me to remember like, the present, the present, because even now it's so it's, you know, two years past, but I already find myself getting back into that habit and that pattern of, oh my gosh, you know, anxiety, Mm -hmm. because I'm thinking about the future. When I realize like, it's such a beautiful thing to live in the present moment and we can handle, God gives us the strength to handle that moment. So I'm always trying to bring myself back to that through my, my Mm -hmm. memories from my experience. Yeah. And I, when I read that, I thought it's, it's so funny that, and I, I put myself in your shoes if I was walking through sickness with any of my family members and I'm like, she's right. Like I would totally cherish every single moment because you wouldn't know when that moment or when you would have no more of those moments. Mm-hmm. But then now everybody's healthy. Everyone's, and we're right. just running crazy and I can get to the end of the day and be like, wow, I didn't cherish any moments with my kids. Right. I mean, just fed them and did homework and got in bed and sat down and watched TV. You know what I mean? And so it was a really good perspective. And you can give that perspective to us now because of what you're journeying through. Um, so the 10 months at MD Anderson, um, which I've heard wonderful things about that hospital. Oh, it's incredible. Have- it's a different way of life. I'll tell you what. Um, gratitude is a whole nother. I have experienced that on a whole new level. Because you go to MD Anderson, a place like that, when health is all that matters. You know, every day is focused on you know, your loved one's health. Because everyone there is sick. Yeah. And not just sick like, I have a broken arm. Oh, yeah. I mean, fighting for their life. Fighting for their life. So that experience changed me. And I can remember writing a lot of my blog posts there because I was so inspired because I felt so grateful. It was like a, a time in my life I remember before having maybe felt entitled to things before and just feeling like struggling to just feel grateful. Like I knew I should feel grateful, but it was like, 
I, I feel like I don't. But after that experience, it was like, oh my gosh, I'm grateful to wake up today. I'm grateful that I feel well. I'm grateful to exercise. You know, all the things that I took for granted before, it was like just a whole new perspective for me. So I hear you talk a lot about these times and you sound just like God was just sustaining you. I mean, like you, 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 you were grateful. You were living in the moment. But there had to have been times where you looked and said, why me? Like, did you ever, or maybe you didn't, did you ever wrestle with God over this? Why us? Like, why is my husband dying in this bed? Did you ever have those moments? I think at the very beginning when I couldn't believe this was happening, mm-hmm. you know, when I first found out, I was like, I, I cannot believe this is happening to my family. I cannot believe this is happening. But then for me, it was so strange, Jamie. It was almost like I saw God had a purpose. Mm-hmm. I knew God had a purpose for our lives and but it was like I knew it on a whole new level now. It was like I had a like a raised up perspective on it. And for some reason, I think some of that had to do with the fact that my husband was so sick. Every single week, he'd come back from MD Anderson after his treatments. But then on Sundays, he'd get up and go to a different church in the area. And he would stand up for 45 minutes to an hour and share the gospel. And he would share about, you know, encouraging other people mm-hmm. going through difficult times mm-hmm. and that God was with them and that he is real and that So for that, you know, Mm -hmm. for me to have seen these miracles in the midst of such tragedy, Mm -hmm. it just gave me this belief that everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. And I've just, I've chosen to keep in that, in that mindset and just keep my focus there. It's so good. And I, I subscribe to the, to the theology or whatever you want to say that like, that God is in everything. That mm-hmm. he is in the good and he's in the bad. And it makes me love him more because it makes me realize that when, you know, my my struggle is different than yours. But walking through my kids' trauma, that God has a purpose for this mm-hmm. and that he has not forgotten us. And so mm-hmm. it's, I love to hear that. And it makes me think about when Paul is like, as long as I'm here, you know, I'm going to keep preaching. And it makes right. me think of your husband just now when you said that. Like, you know, he was so sick and he probably thought, I'd rather just go home and see Jesus. But as long as I'm here, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. He did. He did. And then he wrote books. That was another thing was I saw, like, I tried to, I I took the observer role with this. You know, I took the caretaker role, but also I was watching and I was observing and I was very introspective about, okay, so when life is at, when when you think your life could possibly end, what really matters? Mm. And so I was really taking in and, and watching. And for Andrew, it was, he wanted to leave the world better. And that was his, he wanted to leave, now I call it the legacy. Mm -hmm. You know, he wanted to leave a legacy. He wanted to impart his gifts and his passions that God had given him to the world to make it better Mm -hmm. and to be of service. So I watched him, you know, with the strength, the little strength that he had left, he was speaking, he was writing, he he finished two books. So he wrote two books before he passed away? 10 months, in a 10 month span. He wrote two books. That is crazy. It's crazy. So it sounds like, did he, I mean, he sounds just like he found out the news. He is like, I'm going to be strong and I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave this place better than when I left. He did. He got really busy. This was so fascinating to me. And it's, it's really set the trajectory for my life on my dreams. You know, I think we, sometimes we have this idea of what we want to do when we grow up, you know, who we want to be, but then there's all these fears or I can't do it because of this. I can't do that. And I watched Andrew, both of us battle that, you know, in in our marriage and figuring out like, what's our place in this world? What's our calling? And then for Andrew, it was like when it's like, oh, well, you may have like a year to live max. It was like laser focused. Mm. It was like none of those things matter. He just focused on the mission. Mm. The mission became most important and all of the other things just kind of seemed to fade to the back. They just weren't even, you know, um, in his thoughts anymore. So, so that was amazing to me was I saw him. He had always wanted to be a speaker and, a, and an author. And, um, and so he just went for it. He just did it. Just did it. What if we all just did it? Right. Like what if we all, like, we don't have to get a a stage four cancer diagnosis to just do what we want to do and what God has called us and he's equipped us. He's given us gifts, but yet we're scared. Yeah. I'm kind of preaching to myself right now. Right. uh, Bailey, that's okay. (laughs) Yeah, I get it. (laughs) Just jump out there and do it. Uh, Okay. So um, I want to hear about the books in just a second, but I want to finish up with this. Um, How has parenting changed for you? Now a single mom, not because of divorce or non-married, but you are a single mom because your husband's passed away. How has that changed your parenting of your sweet little Ellie? 
Oh my gosh. You know, that was, it was interesting. That was an area Andrew and I, we didn't even like really want to talk about, you know, the thought for him of not being able to walk Ellie down the aisle was like, we just couldn't go there. You know, it was like, we can't even talk about this. So, um, that was hard for me because I wanted his advice. You know, I wanted to co-parent. I wanted us both to do this together, you know, because, and, and I had so much confidence in knowing that I had him with me to help us raise this beautiful girl. And so when that was, when the reality was that Andrew passed away, you know, we, we put some things in order. We'll talk about in a little bit, you know, to be able to help me have him co-parent still to this day. But, um, but yeah, for me, it's just been a lot of dependence on the Lord. Like, honestly, especially these last, it's kind of hit me this last year was Mm -hmm. like, okay, I really have to ask God for guidance. Um, like every single day, pretty much every minute of every day, I'm like, Lord, help me. Um, you know, it's interesting. We have a lot of deep conversations. She's four. I would imagine that you do. We do. We talk about heaven. We talk about our homecoming with daddy and the house that he's in, that we're all going to be in one day, you know, just conversations yeah. that I wouldn't have expected, right. you know, to yeah. have, but they're beautiful. And mm-hmm. I cha- like, I cherish those moments and I love, she has, Andrew was very philosophical and theological and she has mm-hmm. that kind of mind. And the fact that we're talking about spiritual things and that we have a hope in Jesus, like it takes on a whole new level, you know, for a little four-year-old knowing that her dad is with, with Jesus, you it's know, a, when we I, say, I mean, you're right. It, it changed. I can tell my kids about this hope in Jesus all day right. long. And, and we subscribe to that same thing in our house. But then you're right. You're telling your daughter, we have a hope in Jesus and daddy is with him. Yes. Yeah. That is. How old was Ellie when he passed away? Two and a half. So what did that conversation look like with a two and a half year old? Because I think, oh I mean, I have a girlfriend who has a two year old and I don't even know how that conversation would go down. How did that yeah. look for you? You know, after he, she wasn't there when he passed, but, um, as but she as, clearly knew that her daddy was sick. She knew that her daddy was sick. Yes. And so, um, you know, she knew she had to be careful around him. Like she couldn't jump on him. You know, a lot of two year olds want to jump on daddy uh-huh. and stuff. And so she had to be very careful, which has been neat to see. I, I see this nurturer in her mm-hmm. because she's used to taking care of somebody that was sick. So, um, but I remember when they had taken Andrew away and, um, the house was empty and then we let her kind of come in and she just walked around. It was as if she didn't even notice, but she looked around and she came out and she said, where's daddy? You know? And it was like, oh gosh, you know? And I just sat her down and I just said, you know, daddy's with, daddy's with Jesus, you know, daddy's gone, daddy's in heaven. And, um, you know, that took a time, that took time. She sat there and just thought for a while about it. I could tell she was really thinking. And then from that point on, it's just, it's been an ongoing conversation of what does that look like? And she had, she had some times where she was really, we'd talk about God and Jesus and she was angry Mm -hmm. because she said, they have my daddy. They took my daddy, you know? And, and I want, I want daddy to be here with us. That's a lot like randomly throughout the day. It'll be like, I guess last week she said, mommy, I don't like life without daddy. You know, so she'll just kind of bring it up out of the blue. And are you honest? And do you say me neither? Or are you more? I, I do. Okay, I say, yeah. no, baby. I said, me too. I feel the same way. And then I'll say, what do you miss about, you know, what, what do you miss about daddy? Yeah. And I've learned through, I've taken her to play therapy mm-hmm. because I really wanted to help her. You know, yeah. I knew I was going through it. I was going through therapy myself. And then I also like wanted her to have whatever help you know, that could be. So she's done some play therapy and they've been really good about helping coach me to, to validate her feelings. Yeah. Because you know, there's a lot of stuff in parenting. I feel like when we became parents, we didn't know what the heck we were doing, but you clearly also don't know how to walk through death with the two-year-old. That's in no parenting manual that we ever read. (laughs) True. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So true. Nothing quite can, you know, prepare you for that. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I have, we have a girlfriend here who, um, her husband was a pastor at a church and he, um, was killed two years ago. And, um, so I get to see her walk through that as well. And it's, I, I'm, I'm really enjoying talking to you about it. Cause it helps me understand a little bit more like what she is going through as well with that. Hey friends, before we continue with this interview, I wanted to break in and mention a great way to support the happy hour podcast. If you've listened to even one episode, you know that I love reading books. Not only that, but the women that are on this show also love reading books, and we always recommend what we're reading to you. Now, instead of scrambling to write down the names or trying to remember to go to my blog for the show notes, there's a simple place that you can remember, jamieivy.com. 
slash happy hour books. I've created a one-stop place for all the book recommendations that you hear on the show. Say that you missed a couple episodes, but you're still in the mood for a good read. Bookmark jamieivy.com slash happy hour books, and you can always check out the books we're recommending. But here's the best part. If you find a book that you like from the link, it gets you a good book, but it also helps out the happy hour earn a commission from that sale. Remember, that's jamieivy.com slash happy hour books. Now back to the show. You said you and Andrew didn't really talk about what that might look like right. when, um, when he passed away. Um, but you did do something because right. I want to hear about this book. Yes. Which okay. is completely adorable. Thank you. I mean, completely adorable. Tell our listeners and me, how did this come apart? And was it, to start with, a plan for your husband to really be with Ellie forever? Right. Okay. So, um, so Andrew had written, I told you two books, one got published a month before he passed away. Okay. I just and can't so, even believe that. First of all. Oh, oh my gosh. And he was so excited, Jamie. Like I remember him, this image is burned into my mind of him at MD Anderson in his hospital bed. We're wheeling books, like boxes of books into this hospital room so he can sign his books. And he is just Are you kidding? Beaming, beaming proud. This is weeks before he passes. Okay. And just beaming proud, signing his books. And that's when I think for me, God put that like calling on my life that was like, okay, I saw Andrew was finally getting to live his dreams. He was so excited about it. And all he wanted was more time to be able to do that. So I knew that this, this, you know, at this point it was like, this isn't looking good. Mm -hmm. So I felt like my calling was to take his message and his legacy that he had started and to bring it to the world. And so, um, so that was one of the projects. So I started traveling and speaking and sharing about his first book after he passed away. And so what's that called? That one's called A Gray Faith. A Gray Faith. Okay. Yes, and a Gray is, Faith. What is it about? I mean, that I one's guess, about, but... yeah, that one's about just sometimes in, in our faith that not everything's black and white. Okay. And what do we do with the gray areas and, and how do we handle the gray areas when we're dealing with something like cancer? And so, so he wrote this in the midst of this battle. He wrote this in the midst of, this is like his legacy book. Mm-hmm. So, and then this was so sweet. This wasn't even an intentional book, the second one. But, um, so he wanted to play with Ellie. He wanted to have time with her. Obviously it was really important to him to leave a legacy for his family and to really get quality time with Ellie. So he couldn't go outside and play. So he brought two of her favorite things at the time. She just started getting into drawing. And then um, animals. She's been an avid animal lover, like, since the day she was born. So he incorporated both of those and asked me to go buy him some fancy pencils. And I did. And then she would crawl up on his little bed and that they would do art together. They would draw pictures of animals. And I had never seen Andrew draw before. And I saw his art and I was I was just blown away, Jamie. Like, I was what? like, "What? You never told oh me you God. could draw? No, you know, you're he, writing books. You're, I know, you're speaking, playing football, playing football like, teaching, just, and now you're an artist. Yeah, I know. And like, re- the art was really good. So I said, Andrew, you should do something with this. This is really special. And he came up with the idea of an alphabet book, um, A through Z, with a, an animal picture for each letter, and then life lessons to Ellie that he wanted her. Uh, to know throughout her life, character lessons. And was he thinking this is just for Ellie or was he, was he thinking this could be something more than just for Ellie? You know, I think at first it was like, this is sweet for Ellie. And I think he was like, if this was just done for Ellie, I would be, you know, he would be so happy. But, um, but I think the vision caught on to that it could touch other people's lives. And Andrew was all about that. You know, if he could share it with the world, if that could inspire hope and, then he was he was open to it. So we had had the discussion, but the deal was that the publishers at first didn't they wanted to use a, an artist, you know, to do it. And I just said, you know, to me, this whole book, even if it's just for Ellie, if it turns right. out no one else loves it, but my daughter knows that her daddy spent, you know, the last months of his life thinking about her and doing leaving her this beautiful gift. Like that's all that matters. So I was adamant that I was like, I'm going to keep the original. Good for you. So, um, so yeah, and it just came out a couple of months ago and it turned out beautifully and I, I'm just in awe of the reaction that people have been touched by, by our story, by the, by the book. So yeah, it's called the Ellie project, the Ellie project. And what does Ellie think of it? Loves it. I put up, it's on one of my blog posts. I can't remember which one it was, but I shot the video of her. I wanted to shoot the video Uh. because she asked me almost every day, mommy, is my book done? Is my book done? She knew I was working on it. 
And so, you know, I got, finally got to give it to her and she was just, I mean, it was priceless so reaction. You, so you have it recorded of her getting yes, it. Oh, I, I want to see this. Yeah, it's sweet. It's really sweet. And she hugged me and thanked me and it was beautiful. Okay. If you're, when you're listening, I'll put it up in the show notes. So you guys, we're all going to have to go watch <laughs> this. That is so wonderful. So is Ellie in preschool? She is. Yes. She's in preschool. How does she, do you ever see her struggling with the idea of her friends, dads not being with Jesus? You know, I see her, um, more so, I think she's at the age of noticing, like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That her, some of her friends have daddies are all like, if she meets a friend, one of the first things she tells them is, my daddy's, my daddy's in heaven. And they, they kind of, they'll either like, that's a lot for like, the four year old to take in. No, like, yeah. no, one, one little kid came up and asked my dad one time, is Ellie's daddy really in heaven? You know what I mean? So is she lying or is this true? Yeah. Yeah. So I think on that level, that's kind of where it's at right now as I watch her more observe relationships. And especially at this age, it feels like a lot of parents are, you know, still together at her, at least at her school. So there's always moms and dads you know, that come to events and then usually me. Yeah. And so I think she does, she, she picks up on it and she longs for it. I think the other day, like she's, she made a comment to me about mom, can you just like get online and get, you know, get me a daddy or something? Like that? <laughs> Sweetie, you know, it doesn't really work like that. You're like, I could, but that's a little shady. <laughs> I know. She's like, could you work on that? Like today? Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. To have, you know, that mm -hmm. relationship. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, maybe one day. <laughs> does she have really good memories of your husband? She does. You know, I feel like the further out, the, the older she's getting, the less, mm -hmm. like, she remembers. Like, she told me, I think, a couple of weeks ago that she feels like she's starting to forget, mm -hmm. you know, him. So, but early on, it was amazing. We'd go to the grocery store and she'd see Gatorade and she'd be like, that's dad's favorite drink. And those were the drinks that he had around his uh -huh, hospital bed, yeah. you know? So things like that, she, she remembers. Yeah, yeah. So how are you two years later? What does that look like for you? I mean, you're parenting, you're working, um, but I'm sure every day it's right there in the back of your mind how much you miss Andrew. Right. I think even more so. Like, it just hit me probably pretty recently. I think because I was so busy, like, getting his legacy, you know, sharing his books, and, and that's still a process for me. I'm still out there doing that. But it was like fast and furious, you know. Was to that, that healing or do you think that was, was it like it, taking your mind off of everything? I think it was healing, you know, and I went to therapy like right away because I was like, I don't know how I'm supposed to react to this, mm -hmm. you know, am I normal? Am I not? Like what's going on? And I had this immense, I was so inspired by Andrew and by his life that I felt like I couldn't be down, you know, in the sense that it was like, how could I? He went through that. Like I, and then same for my daughter, it was like, She's been through that. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to give her the world. And I think part of that for me was me being the best that I could be mm -hmm. and helping to, you know, to serve and be an inspiration to others. So I really took that approach and used that inspiration. But I think as the years go by, you know, it's one of those things where you start to appreciate the things that you didn't before, oh, you know, like yeah. all the little things with Andrew that I didn't even really notice were that important. Now they've become magnified and more mm -hmm. important. And I, I'm just so grateful that he, you know, was my husband. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's been a lot of my focus. So there is more of that kind of sad, man, I really miss, I miss him. I miss, yeah. miss my best friend. You miss watching so. football, you know, yeah, I mean, I little I things know, like the that. Little thing. Yeah. Yeah. And just remember, just knowing what an amazing man he was, mm -hmm. you know, and that he had so much to give and that what he did in that short, you know, amount of time that he had on this earth. So, um, yeah, just and what a great like match that God made between you two because God knowing all along that Andrew would go through this and struggle but leave such a big legacy and then he would give Andrew you to kind of be that voice for him. Thanks, Jamie. I mean, you know, that's a huge honor. It really is. It's, it's In the a midst huge of honor. all this, you know, tragedy, what an yeah. honor to you that God thought you to be the best person to share his message. Thanks, Jamie. And I'll have to tell you, it came with a lot of fear. You know, I was afraid to, to speak in public and all of that. It wasn't one of those that was like, oh, this came super naturally for me. It was one of those, I just felt so compelled. It was like, I finally had my big why, you know, I had a mission behind it, something bigger than myself. And it felt like my heart was just on fire that it was like, I had to do it. I had to share. Yeah. So what are you doing now? You're promoting his books, but what else? Because I know you have a lot on your plate. Right. Right. So, um, this last year I took the year to get 
certified as a life coach. Um, I had an experience with a life coach that really changed my life and I wanted to be that Mm -hmm. for other people. So specifically, you know, women who've experienced loss, um, loss of a spouse, loss of a dream, Mm -hmm. you know, I really relate with just loss in general. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, so that's, that's going on. And then I'm traveling quite a bit and speaking and sharing the Ellie project. That's been this whole next year. I'm doing a lot of mothers of preschool groups in the uh-huh. DFW area. Love it. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, yeah. And I'm then, coming up in, um, next spring to speak at a mops up there. So we'll yay! have to connect. I would love that. I, I think it's in Frisco. In Frisco. Okay. I'm thinking maybe. Yeah. That'd be great. Love those mops groups. Those ladies are so fabulous. So great. Yeah. Okay. So so you're sharing that. Yeah. And then we did a line of stationery. My, um, the lady who planned Andrew and I's wedding, she had, um, a stationery company. And so she thought of the idea, why don't we put some of his quotes from the book on stationery? And I'm, I love thank you cards. I love writing cards. And so, um, so yeah, we created this, um, like six of his quotes. So there's 12 total in there and blank on the inside and his picture, the pictures that he drew with some of Andrew's, um, best quotes from the book. So, so yeah, some products are coming out along with the book. And then, um, yeah, I'm just continuing to, you know, share his legacy as well as I'm putting a keynote together about leaving your legacy today Mm -hmm. and, um, and probably looking to write a book this next year. Okay. So where can everyone find all of that stuff that you just said? Okay. So ellieproject.com, okay. www.elliproject.com. Okay, great. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Thank um, you. And are your books on Amazon? Um, yes, they're on okay. Amazon too. I'll have a link for those too yeah. um, in my Amazon store. So this is great. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. So, Bailey, I always ask all my guests what they're reading. Yes. What are you um, reading these days? Right now, I'm reading a book called uh, A Joy-Filled Life by Mo Anderson. Okay. She's in Austin. Well, she um, was the former CEO of Keller Williams Realty. Oh. She's a personal friend, mentor, one of my heroes, follower of Jesus. Incredible. Is that what woman. you were just down here That's in Austin awesome. for? Yes, I was speaking Which, at their mega camp. You know what? After you told me that you were here, I was like, why in the world did I <laughs> not like come say hi or okay. take you to lunch or something? That would have been so Please. fun. You're so sweet. It was so fast and furious. I was kind of in and out. Okay. Um, but um, well, but next yeah. time you're in Austin, yes, we'll have to do a real. I would love happy that. Hour. Um, okay, so you're reading her book. Yes, I'm reading her book, and it's been it's. I love reading biographies of women that I admire and want to be like, and how they did it and their stories. So this is my new fave. Have you read Girl Boss? Uh, yes, I haven't, but it just made love me think it. of it. Was it good? Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I'm a fan. Okay. I like that. Okay, so you're reading that. Do you, are you a read one book at a time type of person? Or you know, do you uh, start lots and sometimes it depends. Like I'm a big, I mean, I read a lot ever since MD Anderson, since our trip, Audible became my best friend. Yes. And so I was listening to probably three to four books a week. Oh my I mean, gosh, I, that's a lot. Yeah, it was a lot, but I I loved it. You know, and it was nice to have something to take my mind off mm-hmm. of our reality at the time. Yeah. You know, so, um, so yeah, I love books. So I'll usually have, I'm usually reading a book and then I have an audible book that I'm listening to. Okay. Bailey, another thing I ask my guests is what are three things you're loving? So three things that you want to call your girlfriend and be like, I have to tell you about this. Okay. So I'm loving that Rachel Platten song, fight song. Yes. Every girl should have a song. That's like when you're, you need to pick me up or you need some confidence. It's like an anthem. It's an anthem. It's an anthem. 
awesome. So lately I've been needing a little extra boost that way. So I'll um, listen to that song. Um, another thing is I love, I've just gotten into, I'm not a sit still kind of person. I have like ADD. So <laughs> it's hard for me to kind of be calm, but meditation, I've tried to like add that to my morning routine. Mm -hmm. So, um, my former life coach, Christine Hassler has, um, a meditation CD called meditation RX. Okay. And it's like 10 minute meditations mm -hmm. and based on like anxiety or fear, or just different things. And so, yeah, I will listen to that in the mornings. What does your morning routine look like? And I ask this because yeah. I just, I'm still, I've been a parent for 11 years and I'm still figuring out how to get up before my kids. No. Like literally I cannot, it's like, I value sleep so too much. Hard. It's I, so right. hard. So this yeah. week I was like, I'm getting up 30 minutes before them. Right. And the first day I got up five minutes before them. And today, like I got up like 10 minutes after them. I'm really struggling with this. Get What does your morning routine look like? Right. Okay. So I'm, it's still, it's a work in progress. So a lot of when you said earlier, like, how do you parent now? Grace. Like uh -huh. I have to give myself grace and compassion and forgiveness because I have such high expectations. And I, you know, and as women, I think it's, we just kind of beat ourselves up, you know, and it, I've learned that does not help me to move forward to where I right. want to go. Yeah. So, so I have to take the route of, okay, you did the best that you could today. Let's do better tomorrow, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, um, so for me, the ideal is usually getting up an hour before, so like six o'clock. Um, and I do another one of my favorite things is um, Tracy Anderson Method. Yes. It's like a dance cardio. And I love it. I used to be a big runner. I did halves and um, ran cross country and things like that. But I kind of got burnt out. So I wanted to try something different. So pure bar. I did pure bar for a while. I loved bar. I did that loved class it. for like a month and then my free membership ran out. Yeah. But I loved it. Great. Yes. So that kind of kickstarted for me. And then now I do. Now it's like to save time and everything. I stay at home and do my exercise at home. So I do my dance cardio and that gets me kind of going. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, have like a protein shake and then I'll do my reading. I do the Jesus Calling by that. Sarah uh -huh. Young. Yes. And then um, I have like a vision statement. So it's like where I want to be, um, you know, and, and I say it as if like it's already happening, mm -hmm. kind of the life that I'm wanting that I see in the future. So someone had encouraged me to try this for like a month. So yeah, I kind of read this vision statement. And then I will do, and of course, I light my favorite candle, Butterfly Kisses, that circle-y candles. You oh, yes. Have, have you ever tried any Aren't of they right here in Fredericksburg? I, yes, they are. That is, okay. I just had Jen Hatmaker on the show, and that was one of her top three things, was oh, a candle from there. Yes. yes. They're great. great. And the store is really cute. Have you ever been in their store? No, I haven't. It's cute. If you're ever in um, Fredericksburg, head over there. Okay, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, that and then my meditation CD. So mm -hmm. I do that. And I... Because for me, starting off chaotic yeah. is just, I mean, it usually happens, yeah. but I find it's hard for me to get in the groove creatively because I do a lot of writing, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of creative projects. Yeah. And so when I'm feeling anxious, then it just, I just have a hard time yeah. kind of getting into that space. So yeah. that's my ideal morning. It does not right? always I know. happen um, like that. And then I'm able to get Ellie up and then I love it because then I'm, I feel like okay, you're ready taken care of. Yeah. Yes. I've taken care of myself. And then now I feel fully ready to kind of like focus in on Ellie yeah. and help my, get her. My friend Kat Lee, she says that she wants to wake up, um, for her kids and not to her kids. Yes, I, I like think that. that's what she says. I could have just yeah. butchered that. But the point is she doesn't want to wake up from her kids and enter the chaotic and she wants to wake up and be ready for them. Right. Me too, yeah, but I sometimes that. struggle with that. I know. It's tough. I'm with you. I love my sleep. Um, I love but, it too much. But I'm trying to love the other more. You know yeah, I know. Love, like feeling like good, you yeah. know, starting off my morning to anchor to that kind of feeling. I agree. So your third thing was the workout? Yep, is the workout. Tracy Anderson. Yeah. Dance workouts kind of give me, they make me start sweating just thinking about it because right. I can't dance. Yeah, you know, it, it's one, I mean, I did some cheer, but it wasn't dance. You right. Know I mean? It's not mm -hmm. like that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it takes some time. I started it right after I had Ellie. So I've had, I just had to buy new DVDs because I wore them out. But to me, it was just something kind of fun, yeah. you know, and it's in my house by my by myself. So Who's no one watching? really sees. Right, exactly. Right? But I know yeah. that I'm moving. Uh -huh, <laughs> so, it's great. You know, I'm getting the workout. Uh, so yeah, it's something kind of fun and to put fun music with it or watch my favorite show while I do it. Yeah. Where can people find you on social media? Yes. Okay. So um, I'm on Facebook, Bailey Heard, and then also Instagram, Bailey Heard, Twitter, Bailey Heard. Those are kind of the main ones. Okay, great. 
Yeah. And then my website is baileyherd.com. Awesome. And I'll put all these links in the show notes. And I started following you on Instagram recently. And so it's fun. I love Instagram. It's my favorite social media. Yeah, me too. Love it so much. It says a thousand words, right? Right? I know. I know. (laughs) Bailey, thank you so much for joining. Thank you for having me. I really Thank you for being vulnerable and sharing stories of your husband and y'all's journey and pleasure everyone now i'm i'm gonna have to warn everyone before the show starts like you're gonna need some kleenex yeah. <laughs> thank you so much and i look forward to connecting with you again you. sometime same here thank you jamie i thank appreciate you. it have a great day all right guys wasn't that just the best i'm sincerely amazed at the strength that bailey had in her journey and i'm so glad that she stopped by the happy hour to tell her story what an inspiration that she is for all of us if you want to follow bailey Make sure you look her up at Bailey Hurd, and her Bailey is spelled B-A-I-L-E-Y, Hurd, H-E-A-R-D. Bailey Hurd on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also, don't forget to check out her blog, baileyherd.com. Also, Bailey is so kindly offering you wonderful listeners 25% all the products that she has, including the books that Andrew wrote before he passed away that she told us about, the stationery that she's recently developed, and the cutest kids book ever, The LA Project. You can find all of those over at ellieproject.com and use the code HAPPYHOUR to get 25% off. We talked about several books as well throughout the episode, so if you can't remember all the ones we mentioned, always know that you'll be able to find everything we talk about in the show notes at jamieivy.com. If you want to get the books that she mentioned as well, I'll have those links over at jamieivy.com as well. Guys, thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to go to jamieivy.com for the survey. It takes a couple minutes. It's fast. It's free, and it helps me out so much. You guys are the best. Have the best week. Enjoy September. Fall is around the corner. Football's around the corner. Pumpkin spice lattes. Take it all in, guys, and enjoy a happy hour this week with your girlfriend. See you next week where Sophie Hudson's going to be on. Other upcoming guests are Jessica Honiger, Whitney Runyon, and Logan Wolfram. They're all amazing women that you're going to love as well. See you next week, guys. On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed in garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers.